Hello and welcome to the latest Safer West Mercia podcast. My name is John Campion and I'm the West Mercia PCC and I'm joined with a very special guest who I'll let introduce themselves and uh, give a bit of their background. Hi, my name's Rick, Rick Clare. I'm a superintendent with uh, West Mercia Police. I've got just over 32 years policing experience with the, with the force. I've worked in probably pretty much every area of policing. I've worked in all of our policing areas other than Hereford um, and my background predominantly is criminal investigation. Um, I interviewed everything from right up to murderers right, right through. Um, I love that side of policing um, and putting people, bad people, where they should be. Bringing those offenders to justice. Yeah. Um, you know, it's what we joined for. Um, um, like I said, very recently we just had a conviction that I was SIO for where the perpetrator has got 26 years. Wow. Um, and that was only a couple of weeks ago. I was sat in court and, and you know, it was really touching to, to hear the victim impact statement, which, you know, the, the judge listened to um, and we all listened to. And it was, it was so, so empowering, but it, it was a real reminder of what we're here to do. Um, and how sometimes all we can do is to get some justice for the victims who, who have been so traumatised. So a career of, um, of, of primarily around the detective, the investigative side, but you're joining us uh, on, on, on the podcast to talk about being chair of BME Network. Now in policing, we always like uh, some initials that don't always uh, describe uh, what it is that you do, but you're um, your chair of the BME network. First of all, um, really interested, Rick, as to just to, I know what it means. You'll be pleased to know, but just explain to the listeners as to as to what it what it stands for and why it's so uh, in your mind important and necessary. Um, you know that your your the work that you do is carried on in in 2022. Right. Yeah. The we call it the BB network, but it's yeah. actually B A M E. Right. Okay. Um, and it stands for Black Asian Minority Ethnic Network. It's a support network for our officers and staff um, of colour. And we have other networks for all, for all of the protected characteristics. Uh, and I'm, I suppose, very lucky to have been elected and, and have been the chair of that network to support our officers and staff. Um, and I think the, the reason that, it, that it's important and, and, and why we need it, it, we certainly didn't have one when I joined. Um, and at least now what we do have is um, a network of individuals with lived experience that can that can help when things maybe aren't going right for you in the service um, and we're confidential so it's a little bit like our communities the confidence in policing isn't where it should be in certain communities and that's the same for officers and staff so we provide that confidential ear for people if they do or do need to speak up and haven't got the confidence to speak to the service and the formal structures we can actually advocate for them on their on, on their behalf either either confidentially or or raise those issues within the organization right right up to the executive level and i think that's really important because as i say that wasn't there when i when i joined and and, and when i joined it was it was a different service and it would have been so much so much easier because policing the culture of policing the organization itself it doesn't matter who you are when you join joining a quite quite a different organization and if you haven't got a network or somebody that can reach out to you because what we do is 
if somebody from Collar joins the service, we will make contact with them. So we've got representatives on every policing area. So somebody will make contact with you to say, look, you know, welcome to West Mercy Police. It can be a bit strange being a police officer or being a member of staff. If you need anything, I, you know, I'm, this is me. This is what this is what I can do, and I can probably help you navigate the organisation. Because you started, uh, if my maths is correct, and it is sometimes dodgy, you started around 1990. If, uh, yes. if, if and, and and society is a very different place. But some of our listeners today will be going, well, we're we're an inclusive society now. You know, we've all moved on uh, as a society. But I think. Part of what I hear from you and I've been lucky enough to work with the network in my role as, as commissioner is, is that those, those inequalities, um, you know, outright racism at times, um, they exist in our society and they're going to exist um, in the police service as well. And, and yeah. that lack of inclusion, that lack of actually there are barriers in place, you know, to different degrees uh, to parts of our society is something that we shouldn't lose sight of. It's not a, the journey of, of being an equal society is nowhere near uh, complete. No, I mean, exactly the same as you know, like you, like you say, in, in, in the wider society, those biases are there and there's no difference to the service. Um, and everybody's got biases, ultimately. It's just that when you're in a position that you are, as, as we are, with, with the power that we hold, and, and, you know, we can take somebody's liberty away and we can exercise real coercive powers, use of force. And when you look at the data um, in policing, you know, black people are seven times more likely to be stopped and searched, five times more likely to, be used, um, to have force used on them, yet they're only one and a half percent of the population. So some of those biases actually are there, or the evidence suggests that they're there. Um, so... As a network, we're there to maybe try and counter some of that to support the organisation. Let me just give you some, uh, some of our terms of reference so you understand what we're there for. So, for example, our terms of reference include providing a support network for the workforce, but they also include um, to, um, assisting the force with equality and diversity issues and advice and guidance. And we're ultimately vetted, serving uh, police officers and staff, so we can be absolutely... Um, trusted and, and talk quite candidly about prickly issues that the organisation might be facing with certain communities and how to tackle those. Um, and then also one of our terms of reference is um, to promote good relations between the service and the harder to reach communities, which again, the network members are part of. So we actually can help facilitate some of those uh, relationships with communities. We've been really lucky to have, have access to, to your membership and we've been really grateful. I've been really grateful as commissioner uh, of the support that, I, that I've had. And we, we've done a bit of uh, work in uh, my statutory of holding the chief constable to account, including around the uh, diversity, equality and inclusion uh, agenda. And, and, and your network not only provided, and it's interesting you describe it as not only the advocacy for your members, but also, um, ironically, the support and advocacy into the organisation to help it on, on its journey. And you've contributed, or your members have contributed to some really um, impactful work to me personally, especially around lived experiences, yeah. um, what it's like to be uh, an officer um, uh, from a non-white community uh, within, uh, within not only living within the community, but also um, uh, serving in, in West Mercia Police. And those powerful lived experiences for me uh, were definitely something I, I take away uh, from it. And I know... It's got to be authentic, hasn't it, that engagement? Because we don't want to put people on pedestals and to single them out as being different when we're trying to, we're trying to actually be, be inclusive. And the, and the strength of your members in terms of uh, standing for, I think what you describe of, things can get better and things have to get better, yeah. I found to be uh, particularly powerful. 
we've seen in recent times um, some national steps um, in and around things like the National Police Chief Council's Race um, Action Plan. We've seen some other uh, bits and pieces nationally. And, uh, you know, I recognise some of those will be an area, uh, you know, a political area where, where you as a police officer wouldn't go into. But I'm just interested in, in, in whether or not the things that are happening, and you've been a serving police officer for a long time, whether or not that there is that progress, whether you see, you know, as chair of an important staff group in West Mercy, whether you're seeing those steps in the right direction. Because there's no, there's no perfect answer. There's no solution that we just unbox and, and our societal ills are fixed. But no, um, do you think they're pushing in the right direction? Yeah, I think I think it's really commendable, and I was, I was really pleased to see what what chief constables are trying to achieve there with that plan. And ultimately, that plan, uh, the catalyst for it was uh, the killing of George Floyd. Now, two years ago, just over, um, and, and the, the chief officers, the chief constables, got together and, and, and felt that they needed to do something, particularly with, with the movement that we had here, with the with the movement that we saw, and the, and the public um, reaction to that. It's been a long time coming, it's taken a couple of years to develop it. As, as long as we live up to it, and as long as people like yourself hold the organisation to account for delivering on that plan and the implementation of it, I think it'd be, it'll be really good. I mean, you know yourself, you know, forces are pulled in all sorts of directions. Um, so it's important that somebody actually is, um, is, is holding us as an organisation to that plan now, because it's not the first plan we've seen. No. Um, and, and I think communities will be sceptical. I think it's fair to say the National Black Police Association, albeit wholeheartedly support it, as, as do we. There is an element of scepticism there and the communities will have that element of scepticism. We've only got so many opportunities to get it right with our communities. This is a big one. Um, you know, the, the plan is quite, well, very detailed. It's 50 odd pages. There's a lot of actions in there. And, and if, if we deliver on even half of them, will be benefiting our, our communities, will be benefiting our own officers because there's a lot in there around training um, and equally there's a lot in, a, in there around um, supporting victims. So, you know, it's, it's a very good plan, um, but I hope that that's not all it is. I, I Being a good plan doesn't uh, doesn't yeah. uh, uh, you know get you a note in the history books. Do you? Yeah. It's, the, it's the effect it no, the it, it's had. Yeah. We, we we have a lot of plans in policing. Yes, you know. And I just hope, <laughs> I just hope this is is a unique one that we actually do really um, embrace and deliver on. I, um, I, I myself, uh, you know, as commissioner, have seen uh, in my time a few police plans that uh, don't necessarily go anywhere. And I absolutely agree with you that um, the angst and the and the hard work, the debate and discussion that's led to its uh, creation has to. I think you have to do it justice by then, you know, delivering effectively. And I, I do see myself actually in a unique position um, in policing to be the the voice of the public um, in policing. So yes. using my holding to account powers to ensure that um, there is that focus on on delivering. I see as as vitally important because. Uh, and, it, and I've heard you describe it before, Rick. It, it's still equally powerful now around the the the, the, the battle weary nature sometimes of, of maybe your network members and some of our communities as well. What's going to be different this time? Yeah. Type thing. And, and I, that's why at the beginning of the session, me asking you about the whether or not you can see that progress, that development. Um, I think is is key because it's not going to be a quick fix. It's whether or not it will contribute to it ultimately getting better, and that. 
that nature in policing of the immediate versus the important, because we have no choice, do we, to deal with the immediate most no, of the that's time. Right, and that's right. It can't knock us off the important things, though. Yeah, and, and, and you know, and I think sometimes it's important to start with the why. You know, why is that plan there? And ultimately, 20% reduction or 20% less um, levels of confidence in our, in our black communities has got to be contributed by the way we're policing. You know, there, there's got to be something we're not doing right for that confidence level to be so much lower in some of our communities compared to others. So we have, you know, we have got to do something about it. We do police by consent. Those communities can withdraw their consent at any time. And ultimately, we are part of the community. So, you know, people will be thinking, well, why is there this plan? That's the reason. You know, we we are supposed to police without fear or favour. And clearly, the evidence, when you start to look at it, and the disproportionality when you start to look at it, shows that we're not doing that. And we can't explain it. We can't explain that data. So we've got to reform. And that's always the... Because often, uh, you know, we, we end up being, well, that's, that's what the data says, that's what it is type thing. We can't shift it. Well, I, you know, I don't think I, I... I think I refuse to believe that it can't be shifted. You know, we can't alter some of the, some of the outcomes. And uh, I know we sometimes explain away them. And I think that, yeah. that culture sometimes of understanding leads to explaining away. Well, actually, I don't want to explain it. I want, to, I want an equal society. Yeah. and how we give that equality uh, to all. And one of the things that I, I, I'm very keen as part of that is that West Mercia Police is made up of, of staff and officers that are representative of the communities that it, it polices, and we're not at the moment, no. you know, for many different reasons, whether it be ethnicity, gender, all kinds of things. And, yes. Uh, and understanding how and fixing that, for me, is uh, vitally, vitally important. We've got, to, we've got to look like our communities. You know, we've got to look like the people we police to understand them, you know, ultimately, if, I, if, if somebody sees me as a police officer and they're from an Asian background or Indian, the first thing they'll see is an Indian who's a police officer. And, you know, if they see a white police officer, they'll see a police officer. Mm. You know, there's a difference there. You know, how you then deal with that individual might change, but you start off with a slightly less of a barrier with, that, with, that, with the community. So, you know, it's then up to you to... to deal with them properly you know I'm not saying white officers dealing with people any, any, you know any worse or better but you start off on a slightly better footing if you look like those individuals that you're policing in the community because there's an element of trust there which you know, as long as we don't breach it means that we've got more legitimacy with our communities it's human nature isn't it to uh, look for things that are similar to us characteristics you know exactly. physical characteristics and that human nature, um, you know, can't can't be overcome. But yeah. it it's also part of my aspiration that, and it's one the chief constable shares around um, wanting West Mercy Police to be that great place, uh, you know, to to, to work yeah. uh, and and an inclusive workplace, a, a workplace where you know everybody is valued for their contributions and the differences that make us all up is is really important. And in, in twenty twenty two. To have to say out loud that it, it's not where it should be yet, for me, is sad. But in your 30-odd years, I know you will have seen change. But it's whether or not we can keep that momentum, that pressure to actually make it that next stage, uh, yeah. that next stage better. So that the recruits starting today and they're looking back in their 32 years' time, yeah. uh, looking back and saying, well, actually, it has moved. It has moved forward in that time. Yeah, but I mean, we, you know, we've got it. I mean, police officers do a very, very difficult job. And, and, and I've worked with mainly white police officers because, you know, I'm always usually the only person of colour in the room. And whether that's a briefing or whether that's a meeting. So 
predominantly people I work with are white and they're the most bravest people I've ever had the privilege to work with and they do a really difficult job. Um, and it's important that we provide them a psychologically safe place, you know, and, and they feel included and they feel valued and they have their voice um, because they go out and put themselves in harm's way often, you know, you know, they get hurt um, mm. and, and we have to support them and, and something like this, you know, when we're not getting it right with our communities, you know, I don't want our officers thinking, you know, that, that as an organisation we're, we're berating them, you know, no. we've all got biases. And I think unconsciously, some officers are acting on those, which is where our data then shows that, you know, and um, you, know, you, you said you can change it. I, I forget which force it is, but there was some research done in America. I think it was 32,000 stops um, that they did. But what they added was the question of, you know, what evidence have you got? You know, what evidence base are you using to stop this vehicle? And it reduced uh, stops by 19,000. So... You know, and that's just making officers think yeah. before they stop that vehicle. Why are you stopping that vehicle? Are you stopping that vehicle because you've got some evidence? Or are you stopping that vehicle because it's a black person? Um, and you unconsciously acted on those biases, you know. And then how we challenge ourselves to, yeah. to, to, with those unconscious biases are, are, and sometimes they are conscious biases, aren't they? But how we either out the conscious ones or indeed support yeah. the unconscious ones uh, in, in, in overcoming them, I think really really important i act as a governance of the police as you know if you if you were me if you were pcc for for a day are there things that you would you would want to focus on to uh, ensure that you know we are seeing greater greater focus yeah. i think if i was pcc for the day the one thing i would do is i would i would make a commitment to go and sit on not just the bv network meeting but but all of the network meetings mm. and, and sit there and, and, and if you can get the trust and you can get the Chatham House rules in place and actually listen to what our staff are facing and, and what they're saying at those network meetings, I think it might be an eye-opener because ultimately they're the officers and staff that are delivering the services to the public and how they feel and how they, how they, how they feel they're being treated by the organisation has an impact on the service they deliver to our people out in the community. So I think that's what I would do because that would be, you know, a real, genuine feel for what the organisation is, is is feeling. Whether you know, and that changes changes at different times. And um, and that authentic hearing is something I am breaking into. And ironically, we we have just reached out to all the networks and uh, and asked if we if I can go. Um, and uh, you know, I'm very conscious they are West Mercia Police networks, not 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 PCC ones, but um, I've been incredibly proud and, and humbled actually by uh, not only the responsiveness to, to your network and the other staff networks in terms of um, that candid and honest and but also constructive nature of things because yeah. some of the experiences I referred to earlier that I heard from the uh, the lived experiences from the um, uh, from your network around their adverse experiences during their service and I read some of those and it, it you know makes my heart really heavy because yeah. some of them are, are not the way that I want to see other people treated in, in mm. society and in the organisation that you guys uh, work in. And it's that that lived experience is uh, it's a horrible phrase, but more power to my elbow, you know, that refocus on actually we, we won't get distracted by the, uh, by the uh, immediate. Uh, we will make sure we've got enough attention on the, on the important 
Um, re- really grateful for you um, uh, talking to us today around some of the work of your of your network. Really, um, uh, an important part of of of, of West Mercy Police. And there's no there's no extra accolade for being chair of, of your group uh, in the slightest. And your no. commitment to wanting to move the agenda forward, I think, is is an amazing legacy, uh, a part of your public service. And uh, and for me, as police and crime commissioner, I'm absolutely committed to support the network to ensure that their voices is heard and. Ultimately, can affect uh, you know how inclusive, how diverse, how equal we are as not only a society but also uh, West Mercia police are. Okay. Yes. Thank you very much. And uh, I'd like to thank uh, listeners today uh, for uh, listening to uh, listening to uh, this uh, this podcast. Um, there is more information out there, not only about the National Police Chiefs uh, Council's. Um, uh, race action plan but also uh, some of the work that I've done as commissioner in terms of uh, developing uh, not only uh, the inclusion d- uh, agenda within uh, within my own office but also uh, the work that I've done around holding uh, West Mercia Police uh, to account uh, and ultimately uh, my Safer West Mercia plan which has very clear commitments to ensuring uh, that West Mercia Police is representative of the communities that it serves and ultimately um, it, it serves all of those communities. Uh, I'd like to thank you uh, for listening.